Thank you all for your music, for your singing, for our musicians. Take your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 3. We'll just read one verse. Matthew chapter 16, verse 3. And our homeless outreach this month will not be on the regular third Saturday, which would be this coming Saturday, but it will be the Memorial Day weekend, which I believe is what, the 28th? But that Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, we'll have our homeless outreach. For those interested in taking part in that ministry, please see uh, Brother Bill uh, Bendelow. And we're so thankful for Bill and also Vinny's leadership and involvement in our homeless outreach. So I want to speak to you a message, the signs of the times. And we're going to hit on some interesting things. Globalism, artificial intelligence, that's AI, that's not Al. Rich elites and big pharma. Now, there are many obvious signs of the times that get our attention. Pestilence, wars, rumors of wars. Those are obvious things, and we've heard them throughout the years. Of course, the the deception of the last times is very important. And even Israel being in their land is very important, part of prophecy. It makes us see how prophecy can and will be fulfilled. Even the development of nuclear weapons. These things, you could say, are signs of our times that help us to see that the coming of Jesus Christ is near. And it helps us to see how some of these things will unfold. The book of Revelation predicts these things, but the book of Revelation predicts other things that are miraculous in their prediction because there's no way somebody 2,000 years could have thought of advanced intelligence or artificial intelligence. There's no no way 2,000 years ago somebody could have conceived of big big pharmaceutical companies having such influence upon all our lives. So, These are miraculous predictions found in the Bible that are not so obvious, but are becoming more obvious as the coming of the Lord draws near. These are some of the things we want to talk about today. Matthew chapter 16, verse 3 says, Jesus says, In the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times. Let's pray. So thank you, God, that you are worthy of all glory and honor. We confess to you that you are worthy of far more adoration than our sinful, dull heart can imagine to give. God, as the songwriter has said, a thousand joys are in you, Lord, and 10,000 more will be known joys when we see you face to face. So we thank you that you are the joy of our life. We thank you that you are the savior of the world, Lord Jesus. We thank you that your blood has power today to save. And we thank you, Lord, that you are sovereign over all the events of this world, this very sad world we're living in. Every day, it seems, another tragic event happens that we read about in the news. So even have mercy yesterday on these families who lost loved ones in the Buffalo supermarket yesterday, dear God. And we pray for justice to be done, and we pray for love to rule and reign. We know that it's because there's hate in hearts that such things happen. So convict our nation, convict us, Lord, to love. And now use this message today for your glory, 
In Jesus' name, amen. So the signs of the times. Something ominous is happening. People are aware of it. That we're running out of time. We're in serious trouble. And so Jesus says we need to be Bible men who discern the signs of the times. People are better weathermen, even though you say the weathermen always gets it wrong. But people are better weathermen than understanding from the times what time we're in. So let's look at some of these signs of globalism, artificial intelligence, the rich elites, and big pharma. The first thing we want to really see is in these signs of the times is the rise of globalism. So go to the book of Revelation. And most of the verses I'll be referring to will be in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 13. Now, when I say the rise of globalism, did you know that the Bible predicts a globalist future? In other words, a one world government with a world religion, with a world economy. Globalist government, religion and economy. The Bible predicts this in the kingdom of the Antichrist. In Revelation chapter 13, we see in verse 3, for example, that Antichrist's kingdom, it says in verse 3, at the end of Revelation 13, it says, all the world wondered after the beast. That beast is the Antichrist. So all the world will be focused upon this beast. Look in verse number 8, it says, and all that dwell upon the earth, the earth dwellers shall worship him. So his worship will be worldwide throughout his kingdom, whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the, of the world. True Christians will not worship the Antichrist. This is the Antichrist. Those who are followers of the anti-Jesus Christ will bow to this Antichrist, but it will be a global, worldwide kingdom. We can say it will be a new world order. It will be led by the Antichrist. And if you look even down at some of these other verses, look in, in verse number, please, in verse number 14 of chapter 13. And it says that he deceives, he deceives them. And deception is a key element of the kingdom of the Antichrist and this false prophet. It says he deceived them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Notice that phrase, which dwell on the earth. In verse 14, it appears twice, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast. And so this kingdom is a global, worldwide Kingdom. It's a new world order, a new structure of world government, a world economy, and a world religion. And it's called Babylon. If you look in chapter 14, verse 8, the reason why I'm saying that the Babylon of Revelation, because this kingdom of the Antichrist, this global worldwide kingdom is called Babylon. Revelation chapter 14, verse 8, it says that they're following another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, that great city which she made all nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And, of course, the other chapters in Revelation talk about Babylon. Revelation chapter 17, verse 5, we read mystery Babylon. So I'm saying this, that this worldwide kingdom of the Antichrist is referred to as Babylon. Now, why is that? Because Babylon was the place 
where the first man tried to gather the world's people to himself and have him and have them basically have a new world order in Babylon. And what was that man's name back in the book of Revelation, chapter 11, when God then said, no, you're not going to all be one. And he divided them. He divided the nations. He divided the languages. That was who? Who was that first world ruler back in original Babylon? His name was Nimrod. Nimrod is a type of this Antichrist. And so Babylon refers to a globalist movement of bringing the nations together as one. Now, globalists sell that as, oh, it's just the kumbaya moment. We all need to, isn't it nice if we all be one? But God says, no, it's not nice, because when all the nations come as one, there's going to be totalitarian tyranny. And, and where, where a religion is going to be forced on everyone. And so that's why God divided the nation. So the, there's a rise, there's a new rise of globalism, of Babylonian globalism. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we read about Babylon in the book of Revelation, my understanding of it is this. Babylon is not a reference to an actual rebuilt city of Babylon, which was destroyed long ago. Babylon as a city is in the east. The kingdom of Antichrist is actually a revived Western power, a revived Roman Empire. And, and when I say east, in, in direction, it's always east of what? East of Jerusalem. So the old city, the literal city of Babylon has been destroyed. That's east of Jerusalem. There's going to be a revived Roman Empire. That's west of Jerusalem. So Babylon is referred to as this revived Roman Empire. So I don't believe it's an actual rebuilt city of Babylon, but it's the same system of Babylon. It's the same ideology of Babylon, a global, worldwide, new order. What is globalism? When I say globalism, what I mean by globalism is a denial of national sovereignty of individual nations. The goal of this new Babylonian globalism that is prominent throughout Western nations, including the United States today. This is the goal of many of our politicians. Be they Democrat or Republican, it's becoming more a unique party. Globalism is a denial of national sovereignty, and the globalists seek to establish a global system. You've heard the expression probably, a new world order. And again, I'm going to say some things today that you may not agree with, and that's okay, actually. You don't have to agree with everything I'm going to say today. Don't get mad at me. But I've thought about this, and, I'm, and I, my desire is truth. My desire is to look at the world through the lens of Scripture. You may not agree with everything I say, and that's all right. Let me challenge your thinking, though. But so one of the things that I think of, though, in this new world order involving three major elements, a global government, a global economy, and a global religion, is there's three. And I think of that number six, six, six. Three sixes. 
Maybe that's what the six, and a lot of, there's been a lot of suggestions what that 666 could represent. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Six is the number of man, though. So this is man's attempt at government, economy, and religion. Bring it all together as one. Now, globalism, do you understand what globalism? It denies nations, and it wants to bring all the nations together in one global government and religion. And believe me, that, that religion is not the, the faith of Jesus Christ. It's the religion of, we'll see, serving and worshiping the Antichrist. Now, today, Babylonian globalism, this globalist ideology we're talking about, is not dead. It's actually the most popular political movement in Washington, D.C. today. If you hear a politician say they're progressive, this is what they actually mean. They're not so much for national sovereignty as they are to bring America into a global new world order. Now, this word new world order, again, it's been used by Republican presidents and Democrat presidents. It was used by Herbert Walker Bush, the first Bush in the United Nations way back. It was used by President Biden very recently when he said this quote, and that's just a quote from President Biden. There's going to be a new world order, and America has to lead it. He's, this new world order is heading toward the kingdom of the Antichrist. It's globalism. That's the new world order. Do you know what globalists believe? That America, as it was founded, must be destroyed. Because the Christian influence of America will prevent the globalist agenda from happening. So the Christian foundation of America, that America was founded on a Judeo-Christian ethic. It's not, we're not a Christian nation and, and we never have been a Christian nation in the sense that you have to be a Christian to be a citizen of the United States. In that sense, America has never been a Christian nation. But America is a nation founded on faith in the God of the Bible, a creator, and as our founder said, endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. And those rights give us the right to, to freedom and pursuit of happiness and so forth. So America must be destroyed by this globalist agenda. So this globalism is not dead, but it's being furthered by a number of very key major movements in the world. And I'm going to list three of them for you. And if you've never heard of these, I say go home and search it out for yourself on the Internet. Very interesting. I can only skim the surface this morning. But I'm going to mention three globalist movements that are promoting this ideology that is going to ultimately become the kingdom of the Antichrist, a global worldwide new world order. The first is the World Economic Forum, led by and founded by Klaus Schwab. He founded it in 1971, and this is what their statement says. Since its creation in 1971, the forum, this World Economic Forum, has championed global citizenship. The World Economic Forum is all about globalism. It's about global climate change, about global vaccinations, a global future, training global leaders, facing global challenges. Oh, did I say global leaders? Klaus Schwab has focused on training the presidents, prime ministers, and their cabinets 
of governments around the world. Some of those that he himself, you could see it online, you could see him bragging and boasting. He has openly admitted to training leaders like Angela Merkel from Germany, Vladimir Putin, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau, French President Macron, and he says, quote, penetrating members of their ruling cabinet. They've all been a part of the World Economic Forum, bracing the economic platform of a new world order. This is the economic platform. They've groomed people like Mark Zuckerberg. Bill Gates is very in, in tune to this. Larry Page, founder of Google. Larry Fink, who leads a multinational investment corporation called BlackRock. These are all globalists. This is what Klaus Schwab has said. And he wrote a book called The Great Reset. This is not conspiracy theorists. This is not some crazy Bible-believing Christian preaching conspiracy. This is not conspiracy. This is their conspiracy. This is the devil's conspiracy to take over the world. And Klaus Schwab has said, quote, the pandemic presents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. A great reset. That's what they want to do through this pandemic. As someone has famously said, never let a crisis go to waste. And so the politicians are using the crisis of this pandemic as an opportunity. He says, wow, this is, it's almost like the pandemic. Wow, this is great for us. Because we get to take more control over people's lives and coerce them to do what they don't want them to do in the sake of public safety and, and being a good neighbor and being a model global citizen, you see. Klaus Schwab. They use crisis to grab power, and when they grab that power, they don't give it back. The second major piece, we could say, is the United Nations itself. Now, one of the key founders of the United Nations, this is when it was founded. This is an amazing quote. Maybe you've seen it before. But this was said in 1945 when the United Nations was established. He said, Paul Henry Spade who was the first chairman of the General Assembly of the United Nations. This is what he said, quote, We do not want another committee. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people and to lift us out of the economic morass in which we are sinking. Send us such a man, and be he God or the devil, we will receive him. Guess what? Who are they talking about? Who is he talking about ultimately? He's talking about the Antichrist. If you go right here to the United Nations on First Avenue and 42nd Street, you will see a verse from the book of Isaiah that we should all now just beat our swords into plowshares, beat those instruments of war into instruments of peace, because the United Nations is going to bring peace to the nations. How's it working out? They attempt to do what only Jesus Christ can do. There's only one king who could be the ultimate authority over all the earth and rule the religion and the economy and the government and is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the globalist agenda is an antichrist agenda. They're seeking to bring a global world order without the savior of the world. 
And let me also say, if you work for the United Nations, keep working for the United Nations. If you work for the World Economic Forum, I'm not saying you shouldn't work. Keep working. Be salt and light wherever you work. We're in the world. So be salt and light in the world. So I'm not saying that people should not work in, in these groups. Now, there's a third one, and this is right up to date. The World Health Organization. Now, on May 22nd, that's next Sunday, through May 28th, in Geneva, Switzerland, the World Health Assembly of the World Health Organization is going to have a vote in, represent, in representing 194 nations. Those are the nations of the United Nations. The World Health Organization is an organization alongside the United Nations. This is the health piece. And they're going to vote this to expand their global sovereignty over health decisions for the citizens of these 194 nations. Have you heard that this was going to happen? Look it up. May 22nd, next Sunday. They're going to expand their authority over the health decisions of the citizens of the world. That includes you and me. The Biden administration has shifted health decisions of American citizens to the World Health Organization in some secret memos drafted earlier this year. And now those memos are going to the World Health Organization and they are going to vote next next week for them to basically redo the architecture of the world health industry. It means that the WHO can, WHO, World Health Organization, can intervene in health decisions of America and 194 nations of the world. They will have the authority to impose lockdowns, force vaccinations, declare pandemics. So they're, what they're seeking to do is create a platform for global health governance. And our country is ceding its authority and sovereignty to the World Health Organization. Two of the largest donors of the WHO are the Chinese Communist Party, do you think they want our best interests? And the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, more on him later. Very important, very dangerous, very ominous. We're heading toward the Antichrist One World Order. And by the way, this is mostly, and we'll, we'll say this, but I want to make this point here and I'll, I'll make it. We talk about this Antichrist kingdom, as I said, it's a revived Roman Empire, a Western power. And what we're seeing in Western nations, such as even America and, and Europe, is this globalist ideology. And I believe that when America crumbles and falls, the Antichrist will be ready to step into that vacuum and take power over this European, over this European world order. And that's the kingdom of the Antichrist. So we're, we're seeing it shape today in the world. It's quite amazing. So that's the first thing we see, the rise of globalism. The second thing we want to see is the rise of artificial intelligence. Now, in this passage that was read, we see two incredible things. And they're very well known, and you've heard of them, but they are, number one, the image to the beast. Revelation chapter 13, you could turn there to verse 14. The image of the beast, and number two, the mark of the beast. Now, there's no way 
Someone could have understand this image of the beast or mark of the beast even a hundred years ago, much less 2,000 years ago when it was written. So the scripture miraculously predicts artificial intelligence because there, there's required great technology for this image of the beast. If you look at it, we'll talk about it in just a moment. It, it requires incredible technology that was not known in Bible days. So, that, so the Bible is predicting the rise of this artificial intelligence. When I say artificial intelligence, you know what I mean? It's not natural in your brain. It's something outside of you, like in a computer. Art, that's artificial intelligence. All the, all the knowledge that the computer knows that you don't, it's artificial intelligence. You can be smart, you know, when you study that, but it's outside of you. That's the idea. So these things are becoming reality before our eyes. So let's look at just the rise of artificial intelligence for a few moments and focus here on just the image of the beast. Now look at this. In verse number 15, well, verse 14, uh, let me start there. It says in the middle of that verse that, that they should make an image to the beast. Are you with me in the middle of verse 14 toward the end there? To make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword, and did live. So he had some kind of a deadly head wound and he was healed of it and some kind of miraculous, demonically miraculous way. And his coming back to life was so miraculous that they're going to make the most unique, the most alluring and the most deceptive idol that man has ever seen. And it's called an image to the beast. And it says in verse 15, and he had power to give life to the image of the beast. So the image was so lifelike and so real, it seemed to have life. Now that word life is not breath. It didn't have breath, but it had life. Now, what would that require for an, for an image, something not actually a person, to have life? Incredible technology, computer graphics. I don't know, 4D hologram maybe? Maybe robotics? You've heard the term avatar. I had no idea what it was, and I have a testimony. I was sitting in the office on Wednesday trying to figure this out. And I came across this word avatar. It's like, I didn't see the movie. What's an avatar, you know? But an avatar is a representation of someone or something. An avatar is a virtual representation, an incarnation. This is what it says in the definition, a manifestation of a person. An avatar is a manifestation of a person. This is like an avatar, this image of the beast, of the Antichrist. And he is to be worshipped. So it seems to combine this advanced intelligence with robotics. Some kind of an avatar. A virtual representation of the Antichrist. You know what? These are the very things that some of these rich people of the world are working on, like Elon Musk. This is the very type of thing they're working on right now. And we'll talk about that. This is what they're funding. So what, what's going to happen here, it says, 
He had power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship his image of the beast should be killed. So they will proclaim, this is what they're going to proclaim. They're going to proclaim that the Antichrist has raised again. If, and he, he is the source of life. He, he is our hope of eternal life. He's been raised. And so there's going to be a mass deception to control the earth and cause everyone to worship this idol. And this idol will give hope to a world. Remember now, the world has been immersed in all kinds of death and destruction and the judgments of God in the tribulation time, right? We're not even talking about that, but remember all around this, for the first three and a half years, there's been judgments and the judgments are going to get worse. So it's the Antichrist. He overcame death. He had a, a, a deadly head wound that was healed. And, and now this robotic-like image is showing that he is life. And so if you want to achieve immortality, you must worship this image of the beast. And the power to do it is going to be very great. You thought the power to get you vaccinated was strong? Uh -huh. That's nothing compared to what this is going to be like. Have you heard of Ray Kurzweil? K-U-R-Z-W-E-I-L. Google his name. He works for Google. <laughs> He's a Google inventor. They call him the Nostradamus of the digital age. Now, he makes predictions. I'm not saying his predictions are going to happen. I don't know. But I'm, I will tell you one of his predictions that is very fascinating in, in reference to this image of the beast. And we're going to talk about transhumanism in a moment. Have you ever heard that expression? Transhumanism. If you've not heard it, you should Google it. You write it down. I want to find out more about that. I want to talk about it in just a moment. But he is an advocate for this transhumanist movement. Life extension. Have you heard that expression? Life extension. That's what they're all about, extending life. Hey, Jeff Bezos has billions of dollars. Guess what? He doesn't want to die. <laughs> he, he wants to extend his life. That's why he quit Amazon. He's now investing in how can I live longer, like forever, without Jesus. So basically, Ray Kurzweil advocates for the transhumanist movement, these life extension technologies, and the future of nanotechnology, robotics, biotech. And he has predicted this. Now listen to this. Ray Kurzweil predicted that by 2049, we will be able to fuse mind and body. And that there will become an all-powerful computer god that we will worship. That's what Kurzweil has predicted. Again, I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen in 2049. I don't set dates. No. But even these secularists, non-Christians are saying we're headed towards where machines are smarter than men. You know what they call that in the transhumanist movement? They call it the point of singularity. Have you ever heard that expression? These are expressions. You know, we, we're living in this world. We should know what they're, what they're doing around us. The point of singularity for them is where the machine becomes smarter than you. So worship it. And Kurzweil saying that that point of singularity is 2049. And in the Bible, that point of singularity is the image of the beast. 
where people are going to worship this image. Now, here's what they want to do. We carry this phone around with us. If we want directions, what do we say? Hey, Google, directions home. And it's going to tell me, right? So what? this is what they want. They want to take the phone from my hand, and they want to chip it into my brain. So maybe I just have to think directions home, and then I'll get the directions in my brain. They'll all, you know, come to me. And that's what's, that's basically what this image of the beast is about, connecting everyone, because everybody's going to get that mark that's going to somehow connect. I mean, the mark of the beast is going to, if you get that mark, people get that mark in them, that's going to connect you to something somewhere. Where is it going to connect you? <laughs> to their cloud of the Antichrist and to his, to his image. It's incredible. This artificial intelligence being predicted in this passage of scripture. So I mentioned transhumanism because it fits into this. What is transhumanism? Trans means beyond. Transhumanism is a transcending or it's a rising above trans. You want to rise above your human and physical limitations. What are our physical limitations? We're going to get, we're going to get old. We're going to age. We're going to get sick and we're going to die. Transhumanists want to overcome those physical limitations of aging, disease, and death through new technology to achieve immortality. Let me just put it to you that way. Very simple. Transhumanism, they want to achieve immortality through technology. This is what they say. And by the way... I'm not making it up. If you say, well, I've never heard any of this. Well, wake up. You know that the richest people in the world are investing in this. I'm talking about Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Elon, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and Bill Gates. Some of the richest people in the world are investing in transhumanist thinking to extend life and to achieve immortality through technology. And so the richest people, and they are investing in the most well-known scientists and researchers they can find, right? They got the money to do it. This is what they're about. This is where our world is going. A globalist world order combined with big tech, artificial intelligence. And they view human beings not as souls, not as mysterious souls, but hackable animals, these men want to hack into man. They want to re-engineer our future. This is what they say, these ungodly men. They say, well, man has evolved for billions of years up to this point. I don't believe in evolution. That's what they say. Man has evolved through natural selection through all these billions of years. But if we're going to continue the evolutionary process, and if we're going to take the next step in, in, in progress as humans... We have to merge man with machine. And if you thought TikTok and YouTube got your attention away from Jesus, wait until they come up next with their working on. You see, it's going to get harder. So they want to, as I said, they want to take all the information that you can get out of your phone and they want to hack you and put that information directly into you through genetic engineering, through robotics, through brain implants. And they, they, their, their promise is to connect 
What's in your hand to your brain through Elon Musk? He's developing a Neuralink brain chip implant. Have you heard of Neuralink? Search, search it out. Neuralink. Elon Musk. He's got all the time, not just in Twitter. Don't think he's just trying to buy Twitter. That's all he's doing. No. Okay. And they, they're saying their goal is to achieve immortality through technology. Any questions? Not now. Sorry. Then I want to just mention very quickly, and this kind of fits in, but maybe it's a little of an aside, but let me just throw it in here, because it relates to how they're going to distract us from the truth of Jesus, how they're going to continue to distract our children from the, from the Bible and the Word of God and the truth of Jesus. It's called the Metaverse. Now, you know Facebook changed its name to Meta. And when you hear that expression, Metaverse, what, do you, what does that mean? They're talking a different language, aren't they? Where's metaverse in the Bible? Okay. <laughs> okay, so what does metaverse mean? Metaverse is the future and the successor of the Internet. When my grandchildren are 25 years old and they look at my Apple laptop today, they will think I am old-fashioned. Because there is a new future for the Internet. And guess who is leading the way for that new future of the metaverse? Zuckerbuck's. He sees the bucks in the metaverse. Believe me, he hasn't made enough money yet. So the metaverse is a transcending of the universe through artificial intelligence. It is the future. It is the successor of the Internet. It will be a network of always on virtual environments in which people can interact with one another or virtual representations of themselves, which are what? What are virtual representations of yourself? It's an avatar. And you can put on the goggles for now. Who knows what they're going to come up with next? I'm telling you, I'm not going to be surprised. These goggles are going to go into every classroom and every student and every workplace and every home. And they're just going to say, you want to be fulfilled? Put your Bible down. You don't need a Bible. You want satisfaction? You want cool? You don't have to watch YouTube or TikTok videos. Put on these glasses and enter a virtual world and connect with other representations of people and avatars all around the world, and then ultimately connect with the Antichrist himself and the image of the beast. That's where it's all going. So the metaverse. So whereas what we mentioned earlier, transhumanism promises immortality through technology. The metaverse is seeking to promise you fulfillment in life through technology. It's all antichrist, right? It's antichrist. It is not getting us to look to Jesus. Okay. Let's just talk quickly about the mark of the beast. So we've mentioned the image of the beast and the two elements related to that transhumanism and the metaverse. What about the mark of the beast? So this relates to the economic control. We mentioned that the world order, the new world order, has three pieces, three components, the religious component, and that's leading to the worship of the Antichrist. You see that? Then the economic component, that leads everybody to take the mark of the beast. And the government component, that is, you submit to the authority of the rule of the Antichrist. So the mark of the beast is strict, tyrannical control of coercion and forcing everyone to take this implant of some kind, either on the forehead or on the, on the 
It says a mark in their right hand. Revelation chapter 13, verse 16. It says that he causes all. It doesn't matter. Small, great, rich, poor, free, bond. To receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. That no man might buy or sell. Save he that had the mark. Or the name of the beast. Or the number of his name. So, question. What's the leverage? What's the leverage that Antichrist uses for you to take the mark? Does he say, if you don't take this mark, I'm going to kill you? No. What's the leverage? It's what? It's money. It's your ability to buy something which will keep you alive. And your ability to sell something which will keep you alive. But it's an economic leverage. It's strict economic control to force everyone to take this implant. Perhaps by this time, currency and credit cards will vanish for a cashless system of transactions through this implanted chip. Now, just think of what we've gone through in this pandemic, how we have been thoroughly conditioned already. What this pandemic has done is condition us to take the next leap of forced compliance. And each leap of compliance and coercion you take, you lose freedom. And it brings us closer to the forced compliance of the Antichrist and getting this mark of the beast. The way I look at it, we just took a giant leap. We took a, remember when Neil Armstrong hit the, the moon, he says, one small step for man, one giant leap. Well, we took it away a small step, but it was a giant leap during this pandemic. And it was a giant leap of government tyranny and accepting government control in our lives. Now the government has the power to basically, the the system is in place, the architecture is there. When the government declares an executive order, you're locked in your home. You're going to wear what they tell you to wear, as in a mask. You're going to put in your body what they tell you to put in your body, as in a vaccine. That's where we are. And think how the vaccine hesitant have been treated through this. They've been treated as public enemies. They've been strong-armed into job loss. People here have lost their jobs because they would not take the vaccine. They've been excluded from schools. I signed an exclusion yesterday for somebody to be able to get into a school. I talked to somebody yesterday who cannot work in a particular field because he's not vaccinated. So refusing to submit to the Vaccine, you become a public enemy. You be, you, you're, you're not, I mean, even our governor says we're not loving our neighbor if, if we don't get vaccinated. And we're refusing to submit for the greater good, which is a Marxist idea, by the way. And so the unvaccinated have been, for a while, we were removed from restaurants, entertainment venues, public employment, travel, military and medical service. Health care was denied to some who were not vaccinated. Can you believe that in America? So that's where we're heading with the Antichrist. And furthermore, anyone speaking about the vaccine injuries, and there have been many vaccine injuries. There's a, there's a, have you heard of the VAERS system? V-A-E-R-S. Vaccine Adverse Effects uh, and, and reporting survey, reporting system, reporting system. It's the vaccine effects reporting system. It's where vaccine injuries are to be reported. 
It's very, it's, it doesn't even report even, they say maybe 1%. But a lot of people have died from this vaccine, and there have been a lot of injuries from this vaccine. But that has been completely suppressed through our social media, through government workers, and so forth. And meanwhile, COVID deaths were exaggerated so that we were put in continual fear of this virus to force people to take the, the vaccine. Now, I'm not saying if you took the vaccine, I'm not saying you shouldn't have taken it. I believe that's totally your personal decision. But if you didn't want to take the vaccine, I'm not against you either. It should be our personal decision, but it hasn't been our personal decision. That's what I'm against. I'm against the forcing of it. And what I am saying is the pressure for us as a people to take the vaccine was great. But the pressure to take the mark of the beast and to worship this image will be greater than anything we have ever seen. But I'm saying this in talking about this vaccine and what we've gone through in this pandemic. That during the tribulation, there's going to be many such type pandemics, many such judgments. And yes, there's going to be other vaccines that are coming down the road. This isn't over. This, this vaccine push and coercion is just beginning, I believe, when we look at what, what's going on in the tribulation time. There's going to be much more coming. And so the pressure to go along with it will continue to rise. Number four, the rise of the rich elites. Actually, you know what? I, I, I need to hit number three. I don't even have, I didn't put this on the screen. So number three is the rise of Russia and China. It's not on the screen. That's number three. The rise of Russia and China. And again, let me preface this. If you're from China or from Russia, we love you. And we're not against the Chinese people or the Russian people. And I'm not against the people of the United States and Western democracies that are that are now buying into globalism. You see, I mean, we're all heading towards a, a terrible judgment in the book of Revelation. But what we're seeing here is the world beginning to ally according to what we see in the Bible. Because in the Bible, we see the kingdom of the Antichrist, which I've mentioned is a global new world order of Western nations, a revived Roman Empire. And then in the book of Revelation, and, we, and I'm not going to turn to all the passages, and I'm just going to hit this pretty quick. But if you go to Revelation chapter 16 and verse number 12, and it says in verse number 12, where the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now, exactly what these kings of the east, what nations they were from, it could be Muslim nations such as Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. And of, but China seems also to be involved when I see these kings of the East. And earlier in the book of Revelation, it talks about a 200 million uh, strong army. That, that reminds me of the, the, the army of China. But it could be China allying with Iran and Muslim nations because there is a political alliance between China, Iran, and Russia. And so in the Bible, Russia is referred to as the king of the north. And we won't go there, but you can read Daniel chapter 11, verse 40 to 45. Daniel chapter 11, verse 40 to 45. Also talks about the kings of the north, the kings of the south, that are actually going to fight against this kingdom of the Antichrist. So we're seeing the world divide up, if you will, into political entities 
and alliances that are consistent with consistent with biblical prophecy. The kings of the east coming against the Antichrist, the kings of the north, the kings of the east, China and Iran, the kings of the north, Russia. And so it's shaping up. And even today, of course, is the rise of Russia and China as allies and still enemies of Western globalism. Isn't that interesting? Number four is the rise of the rich elite men. Now go to Revelation chapter 18, please. Revelation chapter 18. Now I never really thought of this as a sign of the time. But when you see the power of these four rich people, and there's others we could put up there, but these are probably the most well-known names. When we see the, the financial power of these men, and they're all household names. You know who they are. Who is this? Bill Gates. Who's that? Mark Zuckerberg. Who's that? Elon Musk. Who's that? Jeff Bezos of Amazon. So when we see those names and even their pictures, their household their household names and faces, like rulers of the world. Now look at Revelation chapter 18. Look at verse number 3, please. It says, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. That's the wrath of the Antichrist kingdom. And it says, And the kings of the earth, those are the kings under the Antichrist dominion, have committed fornication with her. And then it says, And the merchants of the earth are wax rich. Through the abundance of her delicacies. In other words, these merchants have sucked on the kingdom of the Antichrist to get even richer. These merchants have literally used the, the pandemics and pestilences and judgments of God during the tribulation time. Have they gotten poorer or richer? They leverage those Tremendous times of trial and crisis for the earth to get richer. Just like, do you think Mark Zuckerberg would welcome another pandemic? Do you think Jeff Bezos has profited through the pandemic? You know they have. Do you think Bill Gates hasn't gotten rich selling vaccines? Oh, he's hoping for the next one. That's what I, that's my take on it. Now notice the word merchants. It says the merchants of the earth. You know, if you look that word up, the word merchant is a specific term. It's not a local salesperson. It's not a local retailer. You know, it's not like a mom and pop store on the corner. A merchant is somebody who journeys to make deals. In other words, more of an international businessman. And so merchant of the earth, in a sense, deals with international companies. And that's that's what this pandemic has done. It has crushed millions of small businesses, and has made stronger a few businesses. And that's what's going to continue to happen into the tribulation time, where we see the rise of these rich elites. Now think of this. I talked to you about everyone is going to receive the mark of the beast. Well, who's going to research and develop it? Somebody. And guess what they're going to get by researching and developing it? They're going to get rich. And somebody else has to figure a way to properly implant that into every wrist or forehead. Guess what they're going to get by implanting? Every person in the kingdom, you're talking billions of people, they're going to get rich. The mark of the beast is going to make the rich merchants of the earth even richer. 
That's what I'm saying. And can you imagine that money? And perhaps it will even be a combination of big tech and big pharma. And just as Zuckerberg, Gates, Bezos, and Musk have exploited the pandemic to increase their riches, I'm not saying these riches, these rich merchants of the tribulation are these men. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they'll be like them. Just the way we know these men, these, these rich merchants referenced in Revelation will be known just like these men. And by the way, these businesses of these men have incredible influence in the world. They are fully on board already with the globalist agenda. They are on board with the climate change agenda, with the LGBTQ agenda, and other businesses and other individuals that don't go along with this agenda. They're going to try to crush. So this new world order will have some wealthy men sold out to serve the Antichrist. Let me just mention a few things about these guys. Oh, merchants. That's what I mentioned. Merchants. They're wholesale traders, international traders, international type businessmen, not local retailers. So Elon Musk, I'm just going to hit these real quick. Elon Musk has a company called Neuralink. I mentioned it earlier. He's developing an electronic brain chip implant that would be flush with your skull and he has a good purpose for it. It's to help people suffering from paralysis, epilepsy, Alzheimer's, and help them deal with these things. And if they find it successful, they're going to go to the next step and try to get everybody to take it. I mean, if it helps people from experiencing Alzheimer's and dementia, hey, I'll take that, you know. And so the ultimate goal is for Neuralink to extend life to all, to help bring about immortality for, for longer life. Jeff Bezos. I mentioned him, Jeff Bezos, why would you quit the most profitable company in the world? Because he has enough money. So now he's using his money. He's invested in Altos Labs. Google, search it out. Altos Labs. And it exists to bring about life extension or immortality here on Earth. So they're working on biological reprogramming technology, genetic engineering aimed at rejuvenating cells to prevent aging and to extend life. And again, he has some of the Greatest scientists, and he's got the money to hire who he wants, believe you me. Mark Zuckerberg, I mentioned him already. He sees what Zuckerberg wants to do is very dangerous. He seeks to normalize immersive virtual reality. You know, another thing about all of this is people are going to own less. Less people are going to own their own homes, own their own cars. And they're going to say, you don't need to own anything. Just put these Google goggles on and immerse yourself in this virtual reality and you'll be happy. <laughs> so they want to make this immersive virtual reality normal at home, school, and work. And then Bill Gates. Now, Bill Gates is ruthless. He is not. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, divorced, by the way, is not an innocent foundation. They're ruthlessly influencing the governments of the world. He's one of the heaviest donors to the World Health Organization, which basically wants to take away national sovereignty, as I mentioned, for our health decisions and give it to the World Health Organization. Bill Gates is the king of vaccines. And he has said this. It's on the screen. Vaccines are the best investment I ever made. And he seems to have made quite a bit of money, you know. Windows. But he says, this is, this is even the best investment. 
So if, if it's the best investment, I, I would think he wants to do more of it, right? So they want to push these vaccines. And that's what they've done. There's, a, there's an agenda here in their pushing of these vaccines. And he has said things like this. Normalcy only returns when we largely vaccinate the entire global population. Well, when they, global, when they do it once, then they want to do it twice. Booster and the th- booster three and four. That won't be the last pandemic we face, so we'll have to prepare. He says we'll have to prepare for the next one. He's preparing. He's preparing to make a lot of money. That's what he's preparing to do. So that's a little bit of the rise of the rich elites. Now go to the, we're almost, we're finishing up here. Go, I hope I didn't lose you yet. Go to chapter 1823. I hope I'm not wearing you out too much. I think I am. But in 1823, we see the rise of big pharma. Now, let me read that verse, chapter 18. Look at this verse, 23. It says, the light of a candle shall be no more at all in thee. The voice of the bridegroom, the bride shall be no more heard at all in thee. For thy merchants, and there's that same word, thy merchants were the great men of the earth. Just think of that. The men I just showed you. These are considered the great men of the earth. And it says, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. So one of the key elements of this deception is this sorcery. This prophesies the rise of Big Pharma. The word sorcery, many of you know this, is the the Greek word, and it's right there, it's pharmakia. Sounds like pharmacy, drugs. It is the use of and administering of drugs. Used here a couple other times in the New Testament. Translated sorcery each time. Pharmakia. So here we see the prophecy of the importance of big pharma. Isn't this amazing? To me, that just blows me away. That we have the rise of big tech, of big business, of big pharma, of big government, globalism. All these things. So when I think, when I have thought about this in the past and big pharma, my mind first went to illegal drugs and the sale and distribution of the illegal drugs, like through cartels, which, by the way, control our southern border, which, by the way, are trafficking women and children who are being horribly abused. And our government could stop it, but they're not because there's money in it. And but believe me, there's an attempt to destroy our nation right at our southern border. That's a whole nother thing. I'll let it go there. But, but our nation is being destroyed. But then I thought, well, legal pharmaceuticals, not just the illegal drugs, not just the illegal pharmacia, but there's a lot of legal pharma. You know, look at it this way. If somebody came along and said, you can't have your medication anymore. You can't have your medication that might keep you alive and that might keep you sane. Or that might just keep you happy. <laughs> Some people are addicted, sad to say, to legal pharmaceuticals. They don't have to be. Some are. Many are addicted to painkillers and a host of other drugs. And some, some people need these medications or they would die. So if somebody came along and said, you either take this mark of the beast so you can buy and sell, so you can buy your drugs, or you're going to die, or you're not going to get your drugs, what are you going to do? Most people will say, okay, I'll, where do you, you want to put it? Which arm? The right one, please. 
legal pharmaceuticals, the rise of big pharma. They're going to deceive the nations by their drugs, by their sorceries, by their pharmacia. But now in this recent vaccine thing that we've lived through, in this new era of pandemics and forced facts that we've talked about, this term could well relate to these kinds of therapies because we know this. Luke chapter 21, verse 11, there's going to be all kind of pestilences and viruses in, this, in these last days, right? So with pestilence and virus, what's going to be more of? There will be more vaccines. It will create a huge market for vaccines and therapies to overcome these viruses. Now, did you know this? I did not know this. And I'm going to recommend a book. I'm going to recommend you to read the book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. That is the son of President JFK. Robert F. Kennedy has written a book called The Real Anthony Fauci. Whether you like Anthony Fauci or whether you don't, I think every American ought to read that book and make up their own mind about what's going on. And it is so well documented. RFK Jr., he's not a conservative. He's liberal. He's a Kennedy. You know, but he has been under all kind of attack for this book. And I have it and I've read Then, this is also very interesting, and I say this to parents, listen carefully. A hundred years ago, children received one vaccine for smallpox. Today, when a child is born to the time they are 18, how many vaccines do you think a normal child will take between the age of one and 18? A hundred years ago, it was one. Today, it's 69 mandated vaccines. And RFK has brought out that, and that there's other things. I'm just going to say this one thing, and this was very interesting to me. In, he was, when RFK Jr. was young, four in 10,000 children had autism. Four in 10,000. But in the present generation, it's one in 34. One in 34 have autism. From four to 10,000 out of 10,000 to one in 34. Now, I'm not a doctor to say it's because of the vaccines, but there is some kind of environmental toxin either in our diets or in what we're putting into our body that is causing all kinds of autoimmune and allergic diseases. For example, eczema is a big problem today. It used to not be a problem. I believe it could be vaccine-related. So all that to say... As I mentioned, Bill Gates wants to vaccinate the world. And the World Health Organization is right along with him. And this is where we're going. And pharmaceuticals are going to bring great deception to the world. So lastly, the last point is this. And you can check down and then we'll be calling over. Through all of this, Antichrist is going to step into the apostate church. He's become a, he's a false. And for a man to exist, it requires a moral people, a godly people. Churches like Heritage Baptist Church are the very whole of America. You might not think that a church like us is going to have such an impact. We're just a small church. 
But churches like this existing across the nation have a huge impact. Let's be faithful. We must not cave in to the pressure of compromise in our day. More and more Christians are rejecting the 